0: Hello there, my name's Phil Williams and I'd like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. Throughout my sea angling days I've fished from small boats, which in common with other dinghy owners means self-reliance in terms of safety and finding fish. And I wouldn't have it any other way, though I have to say, and this may surprise some people, that I'm not too good when it comes to very small boats. That said, there is small and there is small, and then there are kayaks. And as much as i would like to give kayak fishing a go i don't think i'd lose too much sleep if that never came about for my money it takes a very special kind of person to invest in the going kayak as their only means of going afloat days lost to weather as a dinghy fisherman are bad enough so i can only imagine that this particular problem is magnified many times over from a boat you can lift off your car roof rack carry down to the water then power out to sea by hand I'm in the company of sea angling kayak regular Jamie Soons, whose job it is now to try to reassure and convince me regarding the worries and hang-ups I've already touched upon, of which, as we go along, there are probably going to be more. From what I see, hear and read, fishing from kayaks on the sea seems to have caught on big style. But I have to say that despite my small boat fishing pedigree, I personally can't for the life of me see the attraction. So how do you go about selling kayak fishing to
1: someone like me? The reason I got the kayak in the first place was for the, uh, the bass fishing. Is I do a lot of bass fishing off the shore. basically thought to myself that I can reach a much greater area. But the bigger boats, when I say bigger boats, I mean like the uh, Lights of the Warrior type, can't get into fish these marks. And there's a lot of marks around Loosby area that you can't really fish from a big boat close into and obviously with a kayak you can get right in amongst the reef. You can fish at the back of it, and the bass fishing from a kayak is brilliant. Before we go any
0: further, perhaps we should define just exactly what a true seagoing kayak actually is.
1: Well, you get different types of kayaks. You get touring kayaks, but obviously you get the canoe, which you never really say to a kayaker, how's your canoe? It's basically a swear word to kayakers. don't know why, but it is. And also kayaks as well, you can get kayaks where they're called touring kayaks, where you actually climb into it, like you do with a canoe. The ones that us fishermen use are the sit-on-top kayaks. You're not actually sitting inside it, you're actually sitting on top of it. So the kayak's are technically moulded with uh, feet, legs, that sort of thing, so you're actually sitting in it, but not actually inside it. So should the unfold seat will happen and you do a capsize, you're not actually in the kayak, you're actually sitting on top of it. So you actually fall out of it and you completely detached from the kayak. And also, they're a lot easier to get into. If you, should you capsize, because you literally um, you kind of use it as a wall. You kind of as you would get yourself up on a wall. You kind of lie on it flat, roll over, and actually back in it again. You sit on top kayaks are much easier to use than other kayaks. They're also lighter as well. Ease of use, you can use them pretty much anywhere.
0: And are there different hull and layout designs like there are with small trail boats?
1: Yeah, there's different designs. I mean, you get ones... Uh, I mean, I myself use a Prowler 13, which is a pretty standard sea ocean kayak. There's other types on the market just now They cater for different types of angling. A lot of the kayaks these days... Well, the actual British kayak has been influenced very greatly by New Zealand and America. The kayak I actually currently own came from New Zealand. It's all down to trim and the boat so it just you can get fast ones, you can you can get sturdy ones, you get wider ones. There's various different things. You can uh, get your kayaks. Like for example, the big game one, the Ocean Kayak Big Game, is a very wide kayak. It's probably best for larger-bodied people. But it's wider-bodied. It's a greater platform, but it's a lot slower. Whereas the one I've got, the Prilla Thirteen, is uh, it's stable, and it's quite quick in the water as well.
0: What would you suggest then as a middle of the road rather than a specialist design for someone wanting to get into kayak fishing, but without too much idea where to start?
1: Basically Pearl thirteen is probably the best one you can get for a good beginner's. I mean into me, I mean most of the folk I've seen use Pearl thirteen, stuff it's a thirteen foot long kayak. It's stable enough to fish off of and you get very stiff ones in the market. You're paying roughly now, the price of kayaks has gone up since i first got me. And I've been half my kayak now for about five years. I paid a small amount for it back then because it wasn't as popular as it is now, but you're looking to spend now for a bog-standard kayak without the add-ons, you're talking about £800, you can get second-hand ones for about £500, and pretty much the same quality as the new ones, just maybe a bit dirty, they don't really tend to uh, lose quality. What are we talking about here in terms of weight? You can quite easily carry one on your own. It's easier to have two people to carry it, because when you've got it decked out with fishing gear, there's a... I've got a compartment behind me that loads a you can get Tesco's, you get like a basket type thing that fits snugly into it, uh, with your fishing gear into it, plus two rods in the back and yeah, fish binding equipment. I mean that kinda creates of way up a wee bit more. Usually you would go fishing with two of these anyway. You would uh, take two of these and tons to take it down to the water's edge, which usually isn't that far away anyway. But weight wise, I mean you can as the same so you can you can have it on top of your roof. I've seen a lot of small cars with these out with cacks on the roofs, and it's it's just practicality. They're not all that heavy. I mean, I couldn't give you an estimate of the weight, but you can do it on your own. I've done it on my own many times, so it's not it's not a hassle.
0: In terms of manufacturing process, are they moulded, or are they laid up in the same way as a glass fibre bolt?
1: They are moulded. They're, they're hollow inside. They are sealed. So it's a hard plastic outer shell with airtight inside, so it's a one-piece platform.
0: And what are we looking at here in terms of integral dry storage for cameras and the like?
1: But the actual sea fishing kayaks there's not actually a, a great deal of compartments. Like I say you've got the compartment at the back, an indentation where you can put your um, your tray into that contains all of your fishing gear but you do actually have a dry case at the front which is practically used for uh, if you are touring in it. You can. It's not accessible when you're fishing but when you're kind on of a beach you can get into access to that way.
0: I take it, there is a range of optional extras you can also choose to buy and fit.
1: If you buy a kayak first hand, it comes as a kayak, nothing on it, no gimmicks on it at all. You have to buy the seat, the paddle, uh, it usually comes with uh, the rod pods, which is uh, it's great, which is usually, on the newer ones out, you get maybe four or five rod pods, just basically holes to put the rods into. Obviously, you can fit it out with a GPS, fish finder, but there's untold extra rod holders, there's various ways to put your kayak.
0: I was actually going to ask you about buoyancy and self writing but you've covered that already to some extent with your earlier comments.
1: The Seals Unit, I mean, I've seen photographs where I've seen uh, people, not actually in this country, but using the exact same kayak, the Prilla 13. Four of them sitting in a row with £800 plus salmon sharks across the laps. The kayaks are actually under the water, but they're buoyant to the point of holding these people up with these sharks across the laps. So, yes, they are very buoyant. Getting more into the actual fishing
0: side of things now, how do you go on in terms of anchoring?
1: Well, it depends where you're fishing. Um lakes of Etive here, it can be very deep in places, 400 foot, 500 foot, if not more in some places. tried it last year, anchoring up in about 200 foot of water, uh, in Etive at slack tide, and that was hard enough, bringing an anchor up from that depth. So now I just try and tie up to Boy's. I mean, the point is basically, I mean, there is controversy over the fact that basically bigger boats turn up to creel pots and things like that, dragging the pots. Cacks don't tend to do that, they're a lot lighter. When I do anchor, I'm using about a £5 anchor, which holds me fine. And also as well, should I get into trouble with the anchor, I use the same sort of tactic as the bigger boats use with the ordinary ring, where uh, the boy's attached with a wire big ring, and you literally paddle in the opposite direction as fast as you possibly can to get the anchor up. Anchoring in shallow water obviously is a lot easier. I just use like a hand line and um, tie it off. If I'm tote fishing it's different because obviously there's every chance of getting a, a decent sized fish and on a kayak it can be a bit scary if you're anchored up. In the tote fishing um, I use uh, a fixed anchor. So I literally have the anchor on rope up to a buoy. and I've a quick release system. on I've got an anchor trolley system on the kayak which basically means that when I drop the anchor down I can pull the cord up to the front of the boat and it'll have the anchor rope leading off the boat either the front of the boat or the back of the boat, depending on the flow of the current, which also adds to the stability. With the taupe fishing, I've got a quick release system. Most tow anglers do in the kayaks. Uh, should you get using fish on, you can literally pull the cord and it releases the, the kayak from the buoy, enabling you to, uh, to fight the fish. And then obviously once the fish is captured, paddle back to your buoy, snap up again.
0: Drift fishing, I take it, is to be avoided. Particularly if there's any sort of a breeze, or tide pushing the boat along, because eventually you're going to have to power the boat
1: back to its start position by hand. Again, depends style of fishing where you're fishing. But the drift fishing, there is options available by using a drogue. You can actually put a drogue at the back of the kayak, which obviously slows your drift. In mean, a lot of places, I've even fished out on the drift and had numerous bird dog, so yeah, it's possible.
0: I'm still not completely convinced. I have a number of problems here. Perhaps we should work through these systematically, starting
1: with seaworthiness. When I first got the kayak, and I first went out in the kayak, I was um, obviously very apprehensive. I was kind of worried and thinking, hmm, was this the right idea? Was this a good investment or not? Uh, and then looking back on it, I mean, I've been out in big seas on it. We had a club match out of um, Wigton Bay where I fished up against uh, about six or seven other 18 foot, 19 foot boats. And they were getting pounded by the waves. The good thing about a kayak is, basically because it's so light and because of its shape, a kayak will actually ride the waves. Whereas if a boat's at anchor, it'll, it'll get pounded by waves. A kayak will ride the waves. That's the difference. It's light enough to basically just run over the waves. And I, I was a 1st that match, and uh, I had a stack of fish. Uh, again, just by the fact I was sitting in a channel, which the, boat, which the bigger boats couldn't get into. So, I mean, stability-wise, it's it's brilliant. It's all in confidence. It's actually mind over matter. If you worry about it. But I'm saying, if you've been out a few times in flat seas and stuff. When I first got it, I went out with my mate. My mate got one at the same time. And we went out off of Trun. It was flat calm. and we went out. And we paddled out to like a like a point called, uh, I think it's called Lampage Rock. And we paddled out to that. It was about five miles offshore. Or well, along the shore anyway. Paddled out to it. Fished for a bit. mucked about. Got used to it. And then the wind got up. And it wasn't really. It was about force two, force three, bit of chop. We thought, oh, we better head back in. It's just getting used to it. But like going out right now, I man, that's that was flat calm, and that was nothing. I mean, compared to the seas we're out in since, I mean, it's 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 confidence. I mean, I've been out of flow spay and the kayak, and it's been a right good sea on. And you get used to. It. What does it feel like then to handle beam onto a lumpy sea? If it's big waves, you kind of get a bit, mmm, okay." here we go but um, I mean I've been side on to the like I say your body kind of compensates without you knowing about it you kind of for the weight placement it's, it's weird it's, it's your body takes over it just subconsciously you kind of balance your own weight and the overall stability stability is fine kayak itself is very stable you get got the sit-in type kayaks and you get the legs of the fiberglass ones sign of everything uses it Kawasaki or something so they're actually moulded and you can't really turn around. I mean, actually I mean, literally, the way you just look at it with the ones uh, I use is you can actually get out to a place to fish and turn around and put your feet in the water and actually use it as a as a floating pontoon. And that's how we fish. Because you've literally got your uh, tackle on hand to the right of you, bait station to the left of you, and you can sit there all day. I've got a, a wetsuit for the summer and a dry suit for the winter. And I'm literally going out in the in the dry suit with a pair of jeans on, a pair of thick socks, a jumper and a fleece under my dry suit and I can sit there all day doesn't bother me the slightest and the water temperature can be pff, very low anyway but it's it's a comfortable platform to fish from In terms of
0: getting out to where you fish I suppose it's just like any other open shore boating situation in that the launch itself and the first few hundred yards of rollers coming into shallow water are going to be
1: your biggest obstacle Well basically that's the uh, the most daunting thing actually is when you're launching off a beach and you roll rollers once you're out past the rollers it's fine and even coming in I mean that's takes a bit of experience coming back in especially when you've got swell coming up behind you you get the waves coming in behind you and it'll, it'll literally lift the kayak up and take you in so if there's a side wind blowing or there's a different current, it can turn you around and if you're literally side on to the waves it will roll you it's down to basically steering with your paddle You literally if you obviously put your paddle into the right turn right and uh, paddle into the left turn left and basically deeper you put the paddle quicker you can turn and I have once managed to capsize it, worrying about the fact of coming in. I've literally capsized in about a foot of water. But you know, once you pass, the initial getting out off the beach is fine.
0: If I'm being honest, my biggest worry would be having no mechanical power. Everything in terms of movement is down to you personally. So how much of an energy drain can paddling be?
1: Paddling, you get people about the first time and they'll literally really power into a paddle. There's no rush to get anywhere. You're not rushing to get anywhere by a certain time. I mean, going in the kayak, it's literally, you're out there for the day. And a, a nice, easy paddle gets you out to a mark. There's no intensity involved in it. Do you carry spur paddles? No. Do you ever break or lose any? No. The actual paddle's attached to the kayak by a lanyard. But it's obviously like where most small water sport vehicles. If you've got some sort of lanyard that basically uh, enables you to get it back in again. What
0: about choosing directions of tide to go with,
1: rather than working against it? Again, it depends on the venue. I mean, like, if um, you're first in the Solway area, down west Bay area. For example, Sandhead. Yes, I would pick the tide there because uh, the, the sea goes out for about a mile. But I do have a kayak trolley, which I um, put the kayak on and drag it down to the sea. But it's much easier just to have it, basically, the sea right in front of you to launch from.
0: What about fish handling? You're going to have to play a fish over one side or the other, which presumably brings balance into the equation.
1: How do you compensate for this? Basically, I mean, the biggest fish going to get on it is either going to be a skate or a tope. And the smaller fish, straightforward, just bring it in just between your feet or into the kayak next to you. Uh, at least the taupe is... The thing with kayak fishing is you, you tend to tie a tope out first. You don't like... With the boats, you can literally just wind it straight in and straight in the boat and that's you. But with a kayak, you do tend to try and tie it out a bit more than you would do in, on the smaller boats. Once it's it out, basically, it's literally get it to the uh, side of the kayak... And obviously, i you just so close to the water anyway, you can literally reach in, grab the tail, and bring it into the kayak beside you. And obviously, your, your body's balancing yourself subconsciously anyway. Get it into the kayak in front of you. I tend to have a wet tail, which I pull over the head, and nine times out of ten, that seems to do the trick. To calm the fish, literally a case of unhooking the fish, and obviously, from tagging it, I'll, I'll have my tagging kit in front of me, between my legs, and I'll I, literally tag the fish, get it back in the water, and the whole process can take two or three minutes. And how do you go on with weighing or keeping the fish you catch? The only fish I really keep is uh, the bass or mackerel or cod. And the likes of that I've actually got like a, basically a laundry bag which I attach to the uh, clip on the back of my seat. Which when I'm at paddle I can lift into the back of the boat uh, and it sits in the compartment on my gear. The good thing with that is basically it's also kind of acts as a drogue as well when you're drifting. You can, so it's basically a laundry bag that's kind of things in the water beside you. So to sum up the whole concept of
0: kayak angling... What basic advice in terms of buying and safety would you give to someone thinking of coming into it as a new starter?
1: Well, the main thing straight away is do not do it alone. If you're starting out, that is one thing you just do not do on your own. A lot of people are going out as well is they don't have radios. Now, I know it's against the law to actually lose a radio without having a licence for it. But, obviously, when I've spoken to the Coast Guard and uh, i don't lie in the past, and basically they've said, obviously, OK, you've not licensed, but you'd still need to have one anyway, just in case. So basically, a radio is my next number one priority. Because, shooting on the off chance, you do fall into trouble and you don't have a phone, then uh, basically that's a necessity. Adequate clothing. Like in the summer, I use a wetsuit. I mean, even stupidly enough, when I first got the car, I went out with shorts. I did have a life jacket on, but I went out with shorts on. Uh, You don't to realise, basically, when you're out in the water in the summer, you can get absolutely fried by the sun. So, obviously, uh, adequate protection. But obviously, in the winter, I use a dry suit. It's not a cheap hobby. wetsuit wasn't that expensive, but the dry suit, I had to wait six months for it to get delivered. It came in about £700. But again, it's peace of mind. I mean, I can go out in that dry suit, I can be totally immersed in the water. It comes it's got latex seals around the neck and the, the hands. I can fall in that water and I can get out. The only thing gets wet is my head. Climb out the water, go back in the car again, go back to shore, strip off my dry suit, and I'm still going dry. Obviously, it, it keeps you warm as well.
0: And of course, it makes good sense to fish as part of a like-minded group.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, most of the uh, kayaking forums and stuff, I mean, like, obviously they organise trips out. I had a trip out with a couple of them um, from one of the things, one of the Whitby clubs or that area. So it's pretty much widespread over Britain now. They organised a trip or a meet down to uh Royal Bay, Port Logan side of uh, the Malagallo area. And it must have been about eight or nine of us went out. And it was just, I mean, total strangers. I'd they? never met before. One or two of them, on you, But it was just good for like, that sort of level of people to come out and just say hi how are you doing and just some experience Some have been doing it for years some of them uh, a bit less experienced quite unsure of what they're doing but it's good to me saying that it gave them like an idea of how to get on and basically progress with their chosen hobby.
0: But what if you're coming in cold with no kayaking knowledge or contacts? Are there places out there where you can try before you buy either to see if it is for you or to assist you in getting the best model to suit your needs?
1: Yeah, a lot of them, I mean, there's a a couple of places in Dundee, you know, that sell kayaks, for example. I mean, I know that the big kayak stores, most of them do actually say to you, come down and actually try it before you buy it. I mean, I was was quite happy to get the kayak I got, because it suited me. I'd used one before, my mate had one, I had a go of it, and it was ideal. Um, But a lot of them, a lot of the kayak companies will say, basically, come down and try one first, because um, you may not be able to cope with a said design, an like, example being the big game, uh, Ocean Kayak Big Game uh, it's a very wide, heavy kayak and it's not very practical to fish with that on your own because it's so wide, it's very slow in the water if you can get into difficulty out there it takes a lot more paddling, a lot more effort to get it on the move so I listen, a lot of the kayak companies will actually say to you, please try before you buy If available, would you recommend joining a club? Oh well, absolutely, I'm part of the air club not a big kayak committee in it I mean, we've got members in um, Berwick, Neil Turnbull. Neil's actually a kayak instructor. He tends to go more for the, uh, the touring kayaks, but he's, he also does a lot of sea fishing for them as well. What I'm saying obviously now, kayak is still technically in the early stages of basically hitting mainstream. Um, a lot of folk have them. But what you tend to find is with kayak anglers, they're a different breed from, uh, from other anglers. Boat anglers, sometimes shore anglers as well, most of them can be very competition-minded. Um, a lot of the kayakers uh, are just out for a day's fishing. It's just very easy, there's no rules and regulations. We just go out and have a good laugh and just, just a good good atmosphere. OK,
0: so you're thinking of taking a trip
1: somewhere. Talk us through the routine planning,
0: preparation and arrangements and the time leading up to getting it out on the water.
1: On my uh, phone I've got the, the navionics charts, so I'll uh, check the tides, I'll check the uh, the area where we're, we're going to be fishing. I'll just phone around a few mates see if, they, if they're up for it. Bait organisation... Check the weather, obviously. I don't mind going out in a big sea. I don't mind going out in rain. Put the dry suit on. The wind can be a bit of a factor. It's all very well going out in a, in a big sea. All very well going out when it's uh, windy. But the point is, basically, are you going to enjoy it? Are you going to get a comfortable day's fishing? I have done in the past, when I've matches, my kayak has been out, and i uh, not but wet, but it's been miserable, and I just think I just don't want to be here that's those particular days. But I'm saying it's all down to, will you get out and have a good day's fishing? That's what goes to be in mind. But I'm saying that leading up to the... Uh, trip out I and mean, the main thing is obviously is the weather. Check the tides and get better organised and check obviously who's going and who's got radios as well is the main thing. When I'm going out anywhere I'll um, radio the coast guard for radio check. Nine times out of ten the coast guard I'll ask you I'll say it's a, a small kayak, going out for a day's fishing off of said coast, leaving now, expected back five PM approximately and they'll say Thanks for that. Can you basically return the call when you get back in? So the Coast Guard's quite good that way.
0: Yep, it's the same for us with the small trail boats. Now obviously, to compensate for all that I've said, I must also concede that kayaking has many plus points
1: too. The main um, plus points for me is the fact that you can get into a lot of places you can't fish with small boats, and they're not really accessible by shore angles. Primarily with bass fishing. You can get into bass and mullet. Kayaks don't spook fish. As long as you paddle in there... Gently, into a chosen mark, you know what I mean, I've seen mullet five feet in front of me, I've paddled right through the middle of them. Small boats, the slightest vibration, they're away. Bass, I mean, I've seen bigger uh, bigger bass caught from kayaks than I have from boats, because the fact is basically bass are easily spooked. And that to me is a plus point for the fact that's basically I can get into these marks whereas bigger boats can't. Obviously, transportation, I mean, I can put the kayak on the roof, and I can drive pretty much anywhere on the coast and if it's close to sea, I can launch it within about half an hour, literally get the stuff out of the car, get the kayak loaded up, trolley it down to the beach, launch it from the beach, the trolley in the back of the kayak, and away I go. Days fishing, whereas with the boats, you're tied to slipways, tied to tides, um, various other reasons. Obviously as well, there's no fuel costs, apart from the case of Mars bar for your, uh, your own energy, but that's about it. But um, maintenance-wise, there's literally, give it wash down every night when you get back in, that's pretty much it. Salt doesn't affecting any anyway. Storage-wise, they're quite easy to store. With a boat, of takes up your driveway, your garage, whereas with a kayak, you can leave it in the back garden or you can stick it in your garage. takes up no space whatsoever.
0: In sea angling terms, what then are the limits for kayak fishing?
1: I think the seas are obviously a major factor. You can go out in big seas, but you're obviously safer on a, on a boat. Um, but there's not really a lot of limits to the kayak fishing. It all depends. I mean, currents as well. I mean, like the, can notice to myself, fishing off Port Logan. I was fishing on the drift, fishing for cod or Port Logan, which is literally about a mile offshore. And you can be fishing away, getting a few fish and not obviously realising where you are. You've drifted about three four miles in the space of 20 minutes. Uh, and then you then have to turn around and paddle back into that, and that, that took me forever. That's one of the uh, drawbacks about using your own power. Apart from that, there's not really a lot of limits you can you come up with. What about restrictions in the size of fish you can target? There's not really any restrictions either, I and mean, obviously, you won't be catching great whites off them. But like I say, I have seen um, people catching in, uh, on YouTube, various, various places, I've seen people catching £800 salmon sharks, marlin, sailfish, all from kayaks. Uh, obviously, it's down to the angler, it's down to his safe barrier. And I myself would go off to the tope, go after to the skate. Obviously, fishing with a and skate, I'm not doing it on my own. I'm going out with four, or, well, three or four other uh, guys, mm-hmm. and we all tie up together. But like, We don't literally um, go off and do our own thing. We'll literally have a, a maybe a line of us, three or four of us, all tied up together with about six foot, seven feet in between us. So if fish comes on, we'll obviously kind of pull up to each other and kind of help each other out.
0: What's the biggest skate that you personally have had from a kayak?
1: My biggest skate wasn't very big. It was only like about well, £60. Pound. But I've seen, I, mean, look, I think my friend Loz actually... Um, I think he holds a record, the biggest skate of a kayak. I think that was about £200 plus or something, but it was uh, that was in uh, that was in Cranon. And no balance or buoyancy problems? No, I mean, literally what you do is you fight the fish, as you do the other fish. Granted, the whole thing, uh, on a boat, you can literally stand in a boat and bully into fish to get off the bottom. On a kayak, you kind of, you pull it, you're pulling and pulling, you can pull for 20 minutes before the, the fish really finally gets his head up. I'll fish with a buck pad, and I'll actually I'll have the rod in that. And it is hard going, because literally you can't get the same... Pressure on it as you could standing up in a boat, uh, but eventually you get up. And granted, yes, as long as your uh, drags set to the right thing. I know there was an incident last skate tagathon and um I think it was there was two kayakers out and had a skate on, and uh, the the skate actually pulled him off the kayak. I and mean, it wasn't for the fact that he had his uh, his his drag was set too tight and his reel, and it pulled him clean off the kayak straight down. And he managed obviously to unloosen his drag, get back up the surface again, pass the rod to his mate on the other kayak. He got back up in the kayak. Mate past the road back, just brought it in. But I mean that's the only uh, that's probably one of the drawbacks but skate fishing. I mean, a skate fishing again, you don't get a kayak and you go skate fishing, you build up your confidence first. It's not something you pick up straight away. Um, but you get a big skate on. I mean also un- unhooking a skate from a kayak is a challenge in itself as well. And once you get the skate up to the side again, you tire it out, you wanna try and get its nose up, obviously so its nose comes to the water first, and you want to try and turn the skate round so it's basically its mouths pointing out head against the side of the kayak and you want to have the uh, the white side facing out so you can literally pull the fish out. which most folk tend to do, is just get it at the side of the kayak, unhook the fish, release it, go Tagging it from kayak's a kayak's different matter. You don't tend to tag fish from a kayak.
0: What do you think about the idea of a separate kayak angling records list?
1: Technically, I mean, I'm, again, most of the kayakers aren't really uh, that way entwined anyway. They're not really uh, bothered about records and stuff like that. They just go out for a day's fishing. But, I mean, like, technically, if it, if the way you look at it is, I look at it as a small boat, so it should be under a boat record. And what about the fishing for you, personally? How has that gone? Well, basically, my main target, like I say, with the with tar- with the kayak was primarily for the bass. I mean, I love bass fishing, I love plug fishing for bass. Uh, Spinning a light lure out over the kelp, which you can't do from the shore. A nice floating lure over the kelp. Secondly, obviously, you go out and catch mackerel from them, which is just good for the bait for the winter. Cod, I'm still in the process of waiting for winter, for a nice westerly wind on the east coast to go and catch a wee cod. That's, I love cod fishing off the shore, and I've seen a few folk doing it last year off the east coast and catching some cracking big cod. The good thing about that is basically they're only out 50 yards. Literally out in scales that you can't get access from the shore, and fishing deep gullies and catching bumper cod. And that to me is very appealing. Obviously top, smooth hound, rays a lot of pollock, wrasse. There's not really any limits on sea species. You can't get off a kayak, obviously. I wouldn't go out in the Irish Sea for the blues, and that's a bit kind of out of my uh, safe level there. But apart from that, there's not really many species you can't target from a kayak. Overseas, I've got a couple of friends in Florida who regular out in kayaks, and they'll fish the tarpon off the kayaks in the flats, and that is very appealing, because you're only fishing about two foot of water, and you hook into a tarpon, which are in excess of 100 pound plus And they will take you for a merry dance through the Florida flats for many a mile. Now that is very appealing to me. And I'm I'm out in Florida every year. I do a lot of fishing on the boats out there. But the kayak fishing is just, again, it's been over there for a few more years than it's been out over here. It's been quite mainstream out there, especially in the Keys. You find a lot of folk uh, now, they'll basically hire out kayaks for days fishing and so on and so forth. And it's been a much bigger, and also New Zealand as well, it's been a much bigger um, boat out there than it has been over here in in recent years. No one achieved ambitions or targets? No, I just, I like, I like to hope, as I'm saying. I'm, I'm not going out to basically catch records. Don't go wrong, the fact of going out fishing and grinning or sooner for a skate and getting one at 200 hundred pound plus scales the bejesus out of me. I'm quite happy to go out and catch fish up to 100 pound. But the fact of getting a fish that size, it's not the fact of basically getting up to the boat, it's the fact of fighting it on a kayak, because I'm saying, I mean, literally, I do tend to fight it longer on a kayak. Catch one skate and I should finish the rest of the day. It is for me, anyway, even in the dinghy.
0: So what, in your opinion, is the future for kayaking?
1: Well, I'm seeing more folk are getting involved in it more and more every year. You've seen now in the magazines, a lot of magazines now are doing kayak sessions. It's picking up gradually, and I think when folk realise the actual scope, don't get me wrong, a lot of folk will go out in calm weather, there'll just be fair weather fishermen, go out in calm seas and catch bass, and that will please a lot of folk. Once you get all the gear, once you get past getting all the gear, the dry suits, wetsuits... Cat, trolley, GPS, fish finding, all, all that stuff. Once that's done, it's there. And literally, going out, it's a cheap way of going out. It's just a cheap night's fishing. You can go out, literally, off your harbour, off your, off your beach, fish for a couple of hours, back in, and, that's you, and it's just a nice cheap night outing. I mean, I, I fish quite a lot off, off of uh, Trune Bay, I'm own. I'll go out and uh, I'll fish three, four miles offshore. Not a great deal of fish. Occasional cod, flaties, mackerel. But I find it very ambient out there. I mean... Everyday life can be very stressful when you go into to kayak and you can be out there on your own, miles from shore, and it's just such a stress relieving feeling.
0: Have you, or anyone you know, ever thought of putting your kayak aboard a bigger boat to take you offshore for some of the open water species, such
1: as, say, blue sharks? This has been discussed. My mate, uh, William Stuart, they own, pff, I think it's 50 foot, and we have discussed in the past about putting my kayak in the back and literally motoring out to a spot, dumping me off, and, uh, me fishing out there, but basically, it's not really the same. I'd sooner paddle out to a mark.
0: It would be an opportunity, though, to at least have a crack at the blues, don't you think?
1: Yeah, but I'm saying the blue sharks, I, mean, I know that they can go at a rate of noughts. When you're getting towed by a big fish, but towed are quite good. I mean, towed, they'll fight you, they'll hit you hard first, and then they'll they'll run for a good good 20 feet, and you strike into it, and they'll run, and they'll, they'll let you literally, if you feel as a good fish in the kayak, I mean, a fish with braid, obviously, for bite detection in the kayak, and um, the first 20 feet of the run, great. You hook the fish and it runs for another 30 feet. You can tell if it's a good, if it's a good fish, you pull the anchor release and away you go. And it'll, it'll literally tow you 100 feet, 200 feet. And then you you'll gain some line on it. And bear in mind, if you're fishing low speed for the tow, you're only fishing 20 feet of water. So you can't swim down, it's not deep. They'll literally swim away from you. And that is great fun. It's just a really nice day out.
0: What about the less pleasant days? We all get them regardless of boat size. Mishaps, miscalculations, sheer disasters too. You must have had a few.
1: Not really, I forget it's really unpleasant I'll tend to paddle in. There's been a couple of times, if I'm out in Troon Bay and obviously the ferry comes in, and I always get the backwash off the ferry, and uh, that can be a bit daunting if you're anchored up and you don't hear it, and you don't actually even hear a swell if it's middle of summer, and it can be a flat camera, there, not a ripple in the water. Then out of nowhere, you'll get a 10 foot, 15 foot high wave just come up behind you. Especially if you're at anchor. If you're not anchor, you literally just turn the kayak into the wave and ride the wave. If you sit inside onto that, that'll take you over. Which hasn't actually happened to me yet. Because fortunately enough, I fished with the radio. And uh, Local harbour is basically a uh, channel 14 for the and Harbour. They'll give you an advance warning that there's a ferry coming in. So you can basically up-anchor and turn your kayak into the uh, into the swell. I, mean, I've seen, I, mean, I've, I haven't had the balls to, to do this myself yet, but I've actually seen kayakers paddling out into the wake of a ferry on purpose. To, just for the sheer fact of hitting the waves. I mean, the actual sit on top kayaks, I think they actually they spawn from the surfers. Surfers in California use the same sort of thing. They actually, they actually surf in these sit on top kayaks. They'll actually paddle out into a surf and actually ride surf waves in these sit on top kayaks. So one night, somebody phones you up thinking of buying a kayak for fishing at sea,
0: but still with some personal safety reservations. What can you say to try to reassure them?
1: I mean, I will never go out on a kayak without a, a PFD, a, a personal flotation device. I've got that that's on me at all times, no matter what the weather is, dry suit or wetsuit. That's always on, and I've never actually tested it yet. When I first got the kayak, we went out just out just bare kayaks, just to gear, just to see if we get back on it again. You, you kind of do that when you first when you first get it. It was going roughish. We just went out off of there, just mucked about fifty hours offshore, kind of rolling out the kayak, getting back on it again, and. Surprisingly enough, I mean, I was kind of worrying about that, getting back on it again. You do it three or four times, your arms get a bit tired, and it's like, mm, can I do this? Because that's surprising. surprise, I mean, actually, what you do is you put your hands either side of, of your seat, and you use it as you would jump up on a wall, sort of, thing. you kind of push the kayak down, and you bring your stomach up onto the seat, once you're lying across it, you just literally turn around, turn over, roll over, and that's you, and that's you technically on the kayak, and you just sit up, and that's, that's straightforward, I mean, like, obviously, with a with an actual climb into a kayak or canoe, it's much harder to get back into the kayak again. So you can be out at sea for, I mean, that's the whole point to me is safety. I won't take any chances. I if I know I can go out, if the safety is fishing, I'll do it. But if there's any reservations that something might happen here, then I'll give it a miss. What well, I'm saying, the good thing about the kayak is it is very buoyant. It's not going to take on water. I mean, there's been times where you've got big swell comes over it and it, it literally covers the kayak. It's not going to sink. Unless there's a hole in it, which I've never seen yet, it's not going to take on water. I mean, you've got scupper holes under your feet where uh, literally just when you're paddling it kind of drains away the water that's in the uh, kayak already, which can be plugged. But I've never seen a kayak yet that's basically taken on water and sunk. So you would recommend it? Oh, definitely. And
0: so would a lot of other people out there too. My thanks then to Jamie Soons for giving us this insight into the world of self-powered boat fishing, though as a non-swimmer I think I'll be sticking to the Warrior 175.